Welcome to the Middle Church Podcast, a multicultural, multi-ethnic, intergenerational movement of spirit and justice, powered by revolutionary love with room for everyone. No matter where you are, how you look, or who you love, we pray this podcast will help you on your journey. Here's this week's sermon. that scripture had to be sung. At 41 Pieces, the Odes of Solomon is the largest collection of early Christian worship material that's ever been found, like, together in one place. Um, So if it's worship material in this early Jesus people context, it would stand to reason that these pieces were sung, um, acted out, put on as a play, all kinds of creative ways in which these would have come to life. This one feels clear that it was probably a song. The beginning of this ode starts with, as the wind passes through the lyre, the strings speak. So also the spirit of the Lord speaks through my members and I speak through his love. Will you take a moment with me now to close your eyes and notice your breathing? Each breath you take in is the wind the the ruach, the spirit of God. The spirit of the Lord is speaking to you, to your entire body, through your members, down to the molecular level in each breath. Feel it flow through you as you breathe in. Now focus on your out breath, on your exhale. with this this generally unnoticed action of breathing out, you are speaking God's love. That love permeates your entire being. You pull from that from your body, up your members, down to that same molecular level. The thousands of breaths, tens of thousands of breaths you take every single day. Open your eyes. It is such a beautiful sentiment that seems to me, and and maybe to you at this point, that it had to be expressed through music. This is a song that you sing. Scholar Susan Ashbrook Harvey says, for the ancients, as often for us, the only valid use of language to discuss the divine was metaphorical. We must never mistake the word for the reality when speaking about God. The author's language was deliberately and intricately metaphorical. Most early Syrian theology was written in poetry as this was uh, the most appropriate and effective way to write about God. Since poetic language, because it was deliberately metaphorical, could reveal glimpses of the divine without in any way seeking to define or limit that which is beyond human comprehension. By nature, metaphor is revelatory rather than definitive. This use of imagery was to reveal aspects of the divine, not an attempt to speak literally about the divine. A stream goes out, this Otis sings, that becomes a river which then floods everything. Water serves so many purposes on this earth, healing, destructive, reshaping, protection, preservation, nourishment. 
Here in this text, the water is breaking things up and bringing them to the temple, essentially bringing the brokenness to the altar. All of the impediments humanity uses to dam these waters fail. Oh, y'all ain't getting this. Amos 5.24 says, but let justice roll down like water and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. When I tell you that these texts, the canonical and the extra-canonical, all had access to each other, built on each other, grew from each other, let justice roll down like water, Amos says, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. There's a flood coming. A flood that the structures that have been put in place to keep people marginalized and oppressed will not be able to hold back. A flood of righteousness and justice that will break down the systems that keep us enslaved, that keep us in lack. A flood that dismantles racism. A flood that wipes away patriarchy. A flood that drowns out cis-heterosexist systems. A flood that removes ethnocentrist practices. A flood that washes away the barriers we've created that keep us from all being free. There is a flood coming. A flood that will provide enough. A flood that will quench our thirst. A flood that will administer a healing balm. A flood that levels out the pay scale. A flood that ensures health care for all. A flood that listens to and trusts women. A flood that heals the land. A flood that will clean up and clean out anything that is set against justice and righteousness. A flood that saves us all. There is a flood coming. And it will not stop. It will cover the entire earth. <laughs> Therefore, happy are the ministers of that drink. Those who have been trusted with God's waters. As those who are change agents in the world, as those who volunteer here to serve, as those who are God's hands and God's feet, we are the ministers. We are like the Jesus in John's gospel. We are offering living water. God has entrusted you with serving the waters of justice and righteousness. All of the thirsty ones upon the earth will drink and their thirst will be quenched. Those who have been broken down by the world will again be raised up. Those who were near passing away, this water gives them one day more so they too might be saved. Well, won't you sing a song with me of salvation? Happy are the ministers of that drink. Maybe it's a protest song while you march alongside your fellow ministers, or, or maybe if you can't hold a tune, maybe you just whistle while you work. <laughs> sing while you pour justice and righteousness, while you pour God's love into each other. 
This is the water you pour into the world when you feed the hungry. This is the water you pour when you organize the vote. This is the water you pour when you dare sit together to talk about reparations. This is the water you pour when you dangerously pray for each other on Wednesday mornings. This is the water Jackie pours when she goes out into the world preaching the model of Jesus' life. This is the water Ben pours when he's organizing the Freedom Rising Conference. This is the water I pour when I create new ways to build community. This is the water that our entire staff pours. This is the water that, that Edna and, and Sandra and Danita pour, that, that Beth and Thelma and Carlos pour. This is the water that, that Patrick and Peter pour. This is the water Tom pours and Pam pours and Vicky pours and Natalie pours. This is the water Madge pours and Diane pours. Anthony pours, Tom pours, Ashley pours. This is the water. This is the water Matt and Pam pour when they organize an art auction to help middle rebuild. This is the water our entire choir pours. And, and those of us in New York City, we are surrounded by the different ways in which artists pour into this living water of righteousness and justice, this, this water that dismantles and that quenches. And if you listen, you hear them singing songs of salvation. Here, here's an example from my, from my little corner, my little musical theater corner. <laughs> in the musical Rent, anybody know the musical Rent here? Okay. Maureen puts on this performance piece in protest of, of plans to evict people from a building. This is the water she pours from, right? This performance piece. She says, thirsty, parched. Here, have a drink. A stream that becomes a river. Raise a glass to freedom. Something you can never take away, no matter what they tell you. Raise a glass to the four of us. Tomorrow there'll be more of us. Telling the story of tonight. Let's tell the story of tonight. A river that becomes a flood that covers everything. Do you hear the people sing? Singing the songs of angry men. It is the music of the people who will not be slaves again. When the beating of your heart echoes the beating of the drum, there is a life about to start when tomorrow comes. This is the revolution. It is happening now. We are in it now. Amen. Blessed, blessed are you. Blessed are the ministers of that drink. Amen. Thanks for listening, friends. To learn more about Middle Church, visit middlechurch.org. You can help grow this movement of love and justice by rating us on Apple or Spotify and by sharing this episode with a friend or two. Send us an email at info at middlechurch.org if you have any questions or comments. We hope you'll come back next week. Bye for now.